Brothers and sisters, welcome back. This is Alan with LDS Fishers of Men podcast. We are on episode 17. Uh, It has been a minute. It's been about two weeks. Took a little bit of a break. There's a lot that happened in that two weeks. A lot of things to uh, to kind of catch up on and discuss. A lot of of thoughts that are on my heart. A lot of feelings. A lot of things that uh, have been going on in my head. Um, we actually took a little bit of a, a vacation. Me and my family. We went up to my my parents' cabin, and it was an absolute blast. Um, it was it was just an awesome family time really cool and it was cool because we were able to just to kind of just let loose you know my my uh my parents have a really nice little spot there's a lake they got a boat you know my my kids uh have kayaks that my parents have given them for their birthdays and stuff like that or or not kayaks but little you know lifetime uh, little canoe type deals, and you know they're getting older. They're able to get out there and and you know paddle all the way over to the other side of the lake and stuff, and just you know re- really fun. We got in the water, got sunburnt. <laughs> it was fun. And the the other part of that story is that I have a little daughter, my youngest. And she's kind of my, uh, she's kind of the, the, the apple of my eye, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I was a youngest child myself. And so, you know, there's always that, that, uh, that youngest child syndrome, right? Where they get a little bit more spoiled, you know, than everybody else. They, they, uh, can get away with a little bit more than everybody else can, you know, they're, they're older siblings. That's definitely the case with this one. She also uh, was born with epilepsy. So I have a, my youngest daughter who's, who was born with epilepsy. I also have a son who is type 1 diabetic. So when it comes to the medical lottery, we just have some, some, some luck there. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's good luck, but we got some type of luck there, apparently. So, you know, that's kind of our... That's kind of our struggle, but she had gone over two years, right? She's been on her medication for uh, for for not having seizures, her anti-seizure meds. And during this vacation that we were on, this was like the trial period, right? So she had gone almost an entire week where we had completely weaned her off her meds completely. And she wasn't having seizures. And so we are in our minds are thinking, we have this thing beat. We we got this thing licked, you know. And I'm sure you guys are paying attention to what's going on in the world. I'm sure you're paying attention to, to all the, you know, the signs that are hanging over us with food shortages, with, uh, you know, war, rumors of wars. We th- There's economic turmoil that's happening. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of crap going on. And so in my mind, you know, for me, knowing that we have, you know, some, 
forgive the expression, but for crap about to hit the fan, you know what I mean? For me, it was a huge boost. I was thinking, man, that's one less thing that I have to worry about, you know, because I don't know if you guys have priced out that medication, um, let alone the fact that you have to have a prescription for it, but it's pretty expensive. It's very expensive. It's uh, very much out of Alan's league, right, to be able to, to prep up on. That would put me under pretty quick. And, you know, if it wasn't for insurance and stuff like that, then it'd be, it'd be a really, really bad deal. Forgive me as I sip down some of my Mountain Dew Zero here. Um, so we, we can't, you know, stockpile this stuff. And, and that, that is something that weighs on my mind. So we had high hopes and we allowed stupidly. This was, this was, you know, you, you, you must never allow yourself to do this, to get your hopes up like that. You, you, you gotta be prepared. And we, we kind of let our guard down and we, we allowed ourselves to think that we were in the clear. Well, we finished up our vacation. We got home. And one of the first things that happens is that my little daughter goes over to play at her friend's house just across the street. And um, pretty soon she gets... She gets uh, brought over by our neighbor, you know, by by her little friend's mom. And she was having absent seizures. And uh, if you know what that is, that's basically where the lights are on, but no one's home, but they're not seizing. It doesn't look like they're seizing physically. You can't tell, really. It just looks like they're staring off into space, kind of. They can even be somewhat responsive, right? But it's it's kind of like the lights are on, but you're you may be talking to like half of the of the person's brain. It's very strange. So she brought her over. She was doing that. Uh, we rolled her on her side as a precaution because we now we're fearing, you know, that she's going to go into a grand mal seizure. And uh, she did. And brothers and sisters, if you have ever experienced somebody that you love, you know, anybody, but let alone somebody that you love, right? If you've experienced watching that, it's very traumatic, very hard to watch. And this one was the worst one she's ever had. When somebody starts to seize, a wise thing to do is to put them on their side, obviously. But you want to you want to begin a timer because if somebody starts to seize. It's basically just misfiring. It's the brain misfiring, right? So it interrupts everything, including breathing. So 
when my little girl starts to seize, it's not necessarily the seizure that is is the scary part. It's the lack of oxygen to the brain is is really what we're concerned with at that point. You you can't help the seizure. It's going to happen. But the lack of oxygen to the brain causing potential brain damage is where you laser-like focus on, right? So, my little baby girl begins this grand mal seizure and we start the timer and my wife is, you know, she's, she's like, we, I need to grab the rescue meds just in case. And um, there's, there's a rescue meds that you can give somebody who's having a seizure, basically. And when they're young, you have to give it to them rectally. And it will bring them out of the seizure, right? So my, my oldest daughter had to sit there with her. Uh, and and just just bawling the whole time, very very traumatic for us for a kid to have to witness. And she's 15. She was there for her very first one that we witnessed, and she was there for this one as well. And she sat there and held her hand as she was seizing, and as my wife went to get the rescue meds. And as my wife was going, I said, I'm going to give her a blessing. And it was one of those things, my wife was like, oh, okay. And she came, she started coming back and I said, no, no, go get the, go get the meds. I'll take care of this. You go get the meds just in case, you know. And uh, so I began the blessing. And as I began the blessing... Um, I started to have a hard time keeping it together. You know, it, 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 when, when I laid my hands on her head, it became very real to me. Uh, but I had to kind of steal myself for the moment. And so I delivered the blessing, and I blessed her that she would, that her body would stop seizing, Um, and that she would return back to full function. Well, as we were sitting there waiting, her, her body did not stop seizing, and we had to administer the rescue medication. And a strange... It was a strange thing. It was a very strange thing for me because in that moment, I had a very spiritual experience. And it was an unusual one. And it wasn't one of those where, like, an angel shows up. Like, I'm, it's not what I'm talking about here. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about something a little bit different. 
one that um, is definitely okay for me to share. It's not. It's not. It's not on that level. This is, you know, th- this is something that you would probably hear shared in, in in sacrament meeting or something like that, you know, state conference, you know, so- something on those levels. Because my in- initial thought was, why didn't the blessing work? Why is she still seizing? Why did we have to use the the rescue meds? You know, I was like, I, I started looking at myself thinking, like, am I unworthy? Did I, did I do something stupid? Like, I've given blessings in the past, like, where, you know, I'm not going to share anything, anything in detail, but I've had really awesome spiritual experiences in the past couple of years, right? And I think that I'm on a better level now than I ever have been. And that's that's not saying I'm perfect by any means. That's, again, Alan's not on his ramiumptum here. I have more flaws than I can count, you know. But like Ephraim Hank says, I try. And I've had some really, really cool spiritual experiences giving blessings of healing, giving blessings of comfort, especially. And... So to have nothing happen after I administered a blessing where I commanded her body to stop um, was very hard to take. And as my wife administered the rescue meds to my little girl, because we were past, you know, we, we were at that moment where we're like, hey, we're, we're past the, like, we need to get some rescue meds in her. And we couldn't get her, her little, she had like a swimsuit on. And we, we couldn't get it off because she was, she had stiffened up and we couldn't get, we couldn't get the swim. It's a one piece swimsuit. It was a horrible scenario. And I'm a pretty strong guy. You know, I consider myself a strong, you know, stronger than average person. And I couldn't tear the thing. So now we're looking at, at the two-minute mark. We're looking at brain damage now. And it takes a minute for the meds to work. And so finally, I tore the, the swimsuit enough to where we could kind of pull it and get access to where we could administer the the rescue meds and so we administered those rescue meds and then we're looking at each other very worriedly because we're we're now in dangerous territory I had a, it was in this moment, right in this moment. That I had a really interesting spiritual experience. Where I was completely calm. I was completely chilled out. I felt the spirit come over me and I and I like it wasn't a 
feeling of she's going to be okay. It wasn't anything like that. It was just a feeling of chill. And it washed over me. And it was like I was able to step out of the situation and I was able to look at it. And this overwhelming feeling of... of let her be in God's hands. It was strange. It was really weird. It was just a, 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 a admonishing feeling, kind of just telling me, let her, let her be in God's hands. And I completely let go of trying to control the situation. And it was very much a... a thy will be done scenario. And my mind was cast back to a blessing that I had given her previously when we had found out about the epilepsy. I, I gave her a blessing, and in that blessing I blessed her that though she would have this throughout her life, that it would cause no lasting damage to her brain. And that this would be something for her, her time and mortality to make her into what God wanted her to be. And I had forgotten about that. It was very much a let God prevail moment for me. I share that with you guys. Because I think that in that moment, I, I really had a choice. And I was very much... I felt the temptation to be a little bit angry with my Father in Heaven. Because there was a, a pathway in my mind that I could have gone down. Where I was thinking, what, what have I done wrong? What have I done to anger you, Lord? I, I, I don't look at pornography. I have never committed adultery. I love my wife. I love my kids. I try to be a good example. I try to fulfill my calling. I try to honor my priesthood. I read my scriptures every day. I'm not perfect, like I say. You know, I'm sure a, uh, you know, I, I've I've got I've got my you know my 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 flaws. I've got character flaws. I'm stubborn. I'm you know, I'm sure I'm short with my kids or my wife once in a while and stuff like that. Like, but 
Nothing that the sacrament shouldn't cover <laughs> every week, you know. And there was a moment like where, where I, I was tempted to go that route where I was like, what? What is this? Why aren't you honoring the, my blessing? And for me, it was a learning experience. It was a lesson that was taught to me. I was given that overwhelming feeling of she is in God's hands. Let her be in God's hands. It was weird. It's weird to talk about. It's weird to explain it to you guys. But I think with everything that has been going on in my mind in preparation, trying to prepare, and realizing... Excuse me, I'm like there's there's a piece of me that's you know when it comes to your kids that's the only time I've ever really had a hard time holding it together and even as I talk now alone in my uh my garage gym after a nice arm workout you know I I still feel emotional about it so as I have my pauses here, you know, my long pauses, bear with me. But I love my kids. And I think back to before I had my kids and my wife. And I think, what the heck did I live for? What did I, why, why, why did I even draw breath? My family is my whole reason I draw breath. It's my whole reason for living. On my phone, I have a picture of my youngest uh, from a couple years ago during Christmas, and she had gotten a she'd gotten a cooking set, a wooden cooking set, with a chef's hat. You know the whole shebang, and the you know I took a picture of her cooking breakfast, you know quote unquote breakfast, you know that the plastic breakfast for for me. And uh, the smile that she's giving in that picture says it all. It's just, it is, it is like the quintessential everything that is cool about being a parent and having kids, having a family represented in, the, in that background picture. I love it. It brings a smile to my face every time I look at it. But, you know, I have looked and I have done everything that I can to prepare everything that I have, that I can within my power, within, you know, while trying to be responsible, while trying to have, you know, savings in, in, in the bank account. Trying to be smart, right? Trying to be, not put your family into a financial a dangerous place. I've been blessed. I've been blessed with an ability to have enough to put some away and to uh, put 
put some into into food. You know, I've I've even got a way to gather rainwater and stuff like that. Like I've tried to go above and beyond and try to plant food, have a garden. Like I've I've tried to get some of the 90s insulin medication put into the fridge for my son, you know. But that was a lesson that Alan needed to needed to have at that time, in that moment. I needed to have a let God prevail in my life experience. And it has made a big impact on me. Now I know it's, you know, I'm, I'm not ending the podcast here, but I wanted to take a moment and take a, you know, pause from, from, from this story. And I wanted to bear testimony to you, brothers and sisters, that God is mindful of us individually, that he is mindful of our struggles. That scripture is absolutely true. You know, he, he, he cares so much about us. You know, he cares so much about the sparrows of the field. You know, and, and if he provides for them and has a way for them to eat every day, you know, He's going to take care of us. How much more so will He care and take care of us? It's absolutely 110% true. Our Father in Heaven is mindful of us. Our Savior, the Messiah, He knows exactly because He, he has experienced what we're going through and He knows exactly how to succor His people. And I'd like to think that I am one of his people. <laughs> I would have never in a million years thought that I would be taught a lesson and that I could take a lesson away from that experience because my first inclination was a little bit of frustration in the fact that as soon as I uttered those words, that she didn't stop seizing like I say, I've had stuff in the recent past, blessings that have been really cool experiences. But the Lord, He taught me a lesson there. And I share this with you guys because I think that we are all going to experience similar things. Now, my little daughter, uh, she wound up getting taken by an ambulance to the hospital where they were getting ready to admit her because she wasn't waking up. But she did wake up right before they were about to admit her. She was able to tell them her name, and she even told them her address that she had just learned in, in, in you know, 
couple weeks ago. She had learned our address, and she, you know, repeated it. Boom. She, she, she's a sharp kid. Mentally, she's very sharp. And there has been no ill effects. Her brain was totally fine, even though she was in the spot where we were extraordinarily nervous about brain damage occurring. That was also a lesson to me. This entire situation really was a lesson to me. And as I pondered on those things, my wife, uh, she had a really hard time, really had her morale down. And we kind of withdrew from society for a, for a little bit, you know, and we had to kind of process things. We kind of had to, to reboot but I didn't want to, I knew that I wanted to talk to you guys about this, but I wanted to wait a little until I had time to ponder on the, like the importance of the lesson. Brothers and sisters, we are called upon to pass through this time. We were chosen to pass through this time. We were chosen as fathers and mothers, sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, to be where we're at at this time. We, we have something to offer here. And though it is scary, though we will be called upon to endure some scary things, such as the experience that I've just relayed to you, I think that we have to remember that advice that President Nelson gave us in, in the previous couple general conferences ago, where he admonished us to remember that another interpretation for the name of Israel, right, Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, is to let God prevail. And there's deep meaning behind that. It's something I didn't understand until I was an adult, until I was a parent, that Jacob was the, the old man, he was the natural man, right? And that that wrestle is, he's representative of all of us. We wrestle with God, right? As, as we strive to, to put off the natural man and become something more. To become what God would have us become. To be what God would have us be, to take upon us a new name, to take upon us the name of Christ, 
as we do a baptism, you know, as we strive to do throughout our life, as we make more covenants, as we take out our endowments in the temple. It is a process of becoming one with the Lord. Strangely enough, I feel after this experience that I am better prepared. Though I am still nervous, but I am better prepared for some potential outcomes of having supply line disruptions, of having perhaps medical supply lines disrupted. You know, us having 80 to 90% of our medical stuff coming from China seems like an extraordinarily stupid move at this point. And this is where me as a as a man, right, as a as a, a, a there's always that that little bit of soldier that's left in in your you know in anyone who has served you know that 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 time that you spent in the military whether you went overseas or not it changed you you know you you became a different person it added to you it it hopefully in a good way but you you look at that and you think to yourself you know it's like, why, why can't we take care of ourselves? Why do we have to be, you know, why do we have to do these things worldwide? Why do we have to depend on somebody? The military teaches you that you have to be self-reliant. It's up to you. Nobody's going to pass your PT test for you. Nobody's going to pass your weapons qual for you. You have to do that. You have to rely on yourself. You have to be strong enough. And I wish that... Um, the wicked men who who are you know the, the wicked gadiantons who are in charge i wish that we could get rid of all of that and get back to a self-sufficient mindset so we could take care of our own you know especially our medically needy folk you know children But that's that's the natural man, of course, coming out in me. Things are what they are, and things are happening as they happen, and there's me personally, I can't do anything about it. But what I can do is I can trust in my Heavenly Father. I can trust in the fact that I've done everything that I know how to do. And that the rest, I can, I can place, I can confidently place my two babies in, in the arms of the Savior. And come what may, 
I can let God prevail. And no matter what happens, I can have faith. And I can have hope. It's a very strange thing to try to articulate those feelings to you, brothers and sisters, and I hope I've done an okay job at it. Hopefully where, I, where my speech is lacking, the Spirit is making up the difference, and you're getting the idea of what I'm saying here. I think that we will be tempted to let frustration and the natural man prevail. And that we will try to wrestle with God over things that are coming our way very shortly. But I think that if we stand in holy places, and that if we do the things that we are know that we are supposed to do, if we're ready then regardless of what happens, regardless of the Abrahamic tests that we will all, we, we will be called to go through and that we have been promised that we will go through, right? Everybody has to pass that Abrahamic test. What will you give? What are you willing to give? and still toe the line for the Savior. This is a very... Uh, I didn't write anything down for this. I, I wanted this to be kind of from the heart. I wanted to kind of shoot shoot from the hip on this. I didn't want to write things down and read, you know. I, I didn't want it to be that way. I didn't want a scripted conversation with you guys. I wanted this to be just, hopefully as the Spirit dictates, and as I said a prayer before I, I began recording, you know, I, I asked that the Spirit would dictate the conversation and that this would be of a benefit to somebody out there. My faith is intact. My strength is intact. And I, I recognize that Though I am a flawed man, I stand ready to do the will of, of my Savior. Regardless of what I am called upon to witness or to go through, I don't want to leave Zion's camp. I want to stay. I want to I want to endure these things with with my brothers and sisters. I want to endure these things with the saints. 
I've missed you guys. I've missed having these uh, spiritual conversations for these past two weeks. I would implore you guys to listen to the midweek spiritual boost that I that I uh, just barely put out before I, I started recording this. It's El Elder Ballard, and he talks about what matters most is what lasts longest. He's talking about the, our families. And I think that um, these two conversations, having this podcast along with that midweek spiritual boost, I, I did that on purpose because I think that it will be of a benefit and and uh, things that I leave out here, Elder Ballard will fill in spades for you guys. And like I say, these podcasts are great, um, but the foundation is where you guys really need to concentrate, you know. And I, I think that, you know, maybe that is useful. I find it useful for me when people kind of put things together, presentations together where they kind of guide you through listening to, to the brethren, and that's the whole point of me doing the midweek spiritual boost. And I try to make the the podcast jive with the midweek spiritual boost, but listen to the mouthpiece, listen to the special witnesses, those men who are hand-picked by the great Jehovah, to lead and guide. His church. To be a part of His foundation. And to relay the messages that He would have us hear. One last thought before I go. We had a conversation where we talked about how talked about a lot of this stuff, a lot of the natural disasters, a lot of the a lot of the um the lack of water that's going around the droughts. Uh, famines, you know, that are right on our doorstep. And if you've been paying attention, people have been calling these out for the past couple of years. Like, the, the writing's been on the wall. I, um... I've been reading in the in the Book of Mormon, and I found myself stopping where I was at in Alma to go to Helaman, chapter 11, where it talks about how there was a war at that time going on, and Nephi implores the Lord to allow him to seal up the heavens so that it won't rain so that they, uh, the people would not be swept off with a sword, but that they would have the opportunity of the famine, <laughs> which sounds weird, you know. 
and it's it's weird to read. But they had the opportunity of the famine to turn their hearts back uh, to the Lord, to the Messiah. And it was effective. And for a few seasons, for, you know, however much time it was, it was not a short amount of time. There were many who died because of that famine, but the remainder, the remainder were um, humbled enough that they turned their hearts back to Christ. And as we enter into this time, I almost wonder if that is a parallel to what we are experiencing now. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But I do know that the Book of Mormon, that the scriptures, that the verses, everything that is in the Book of Mormon and the very way that it was compiled was cherry-picked. It was hand-picked and put together in such a way because... Mormon knew who the audience was, and it was us. He saw our day. He saw what we were going to go through. He saw the Gadiantans among us. And he included all of these scriptures. And if you look, brothers and sisters, at the Book of Mormon, you will see when it glosses over things, it, it'll, it'll, you'll jump a few generations here and there. And then you'll get great detail all of a sudden. I think that we need to pay attention to that great detail and follow the admonitions of the prophets to read these things, to understand them. As they have been called out as being a, a map for our day, as a compass for our day to help us navigate the very times that we are living in. And when President Nelson comes out and says that we will see live what Nephi saw in vision. You know, I can't help but look at Helaman chapter 11 and think, man, there's some parallels there to what we're about to go through, I think, you know. Regardless of that. I want to bear my testimony to you, brothers and sisters, that this church is true. That the Lord is mindful of us, of you, your children, your struggles. He loves us, and if we allow Him to, He will guide our path. And we don't need to be afraid. We just need to stand in holy places and be ready to do what is asked of us and endure what is asked of us. And to, like the faithful of Zion's camp, come out stronger on the other end, knowing that we will see our loved ones again knowing that it is but a short time that we will be separated from them, and that the pains of hunger, thirst, fatigue, disease, sickness, 
are but small little moments. And that the gospel choices that we make and as we allow God to prevail, those, those choices, those decisions will echo in eternity. I love you. I, I, love, I love my listeners. Regardless of where you're from, regardless of whatever side of the, of the war you're on, We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And I ask that the Lord would bless you and keep you and bless your families and your little ones. Give your little ones a hug and a kiss and tell them you love them. And I leave this with you in the sacred name of Jesus the Christ, my Lord and my Master, amen.